This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Jesus, 
Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus Just from sin and self to cease Just from Jesus simply taking Life and rest and joy and peace Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him How I proved Him o'er and o'er Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust Him more I'm so glad I learned to trust Thee Precious Jesus, Savior, friend And I know that Thou art with me Wilt be with me to the end Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him How I proved Him o'er and o'er Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust Him more. It is written, we do not live by bread alone. Let us be fed on God's holy word. We are listening, O oh God. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Duranda, Little Falls and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and thanks today to Jim Haugrud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, who will also be our readers and providers of the children's message. And our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio, 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We also want to remind our young people that JAM happens every Wednesday night at 5.30 with a 6 o'clock program following. Next Sunday, we'll have our worship at Little Falls at 9.30 followed by their annual meeting at 10.45. Deronda's annual meeting will be the 29th at 10.45, and Trinity on the 5th of February at 10.45. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, Worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your home worship experience. 
You may also want to have a Bible or a Bible for the kids and home worship materials. As we begin worship today, it is our desire to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the confession of sin and forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. Merciful God, Christ came into the world and showed us how to live, but we have failed to live by what he taught. We have not loved you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have not done to others as we would have done to ourselves. Shine a light on our hearts that we might turn from the shadows of our sin and walk in your ways. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. By his abundant love, all your sins are forgiven, that you might walk in the light of Christ. Amen. We will continue then with our gathering songs. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright, who will bear my light to them, whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go. If you need me, I will hold your people in my heart. I, the Lord of snow and rain, I have borne my people's pain. I have wept for love of them. They turn I will break their hearts of stone, give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them, whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have My hand will say 
Till their hearts be satisfied I will give my life to them Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the I will go, Lord, if you lead me, I will hold your people in my heart. I will go, Lord, if you lead me, I will Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand, I am tired, I'm weak, I am worn, through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light, take my hand, precious Lord, lead me when my way grows drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the dark appears and the night draws near and the day is past and gone at the river I stand guide my feet hold my hand take my hand precious Lord lead me home precious Lord take my hand Lead me on, let me stand I am tired, I am weak, I am warm Through the storm, through the night Lead me on to the light Take my hand, precious Lord Lead me Continue with this morning's litany. We are hungry, O oh God. We are tired and sad. We face challenges in our lives and do everything we can to control them. We do not trust you to care for us. So we give in to the temptation to follow the easy path. Jesus reminds us that all we truly need is you. Your holy word uplifts and sustains you send your angels to tend to us and keep us strong in the face of adversity. Let us always remember where our strength comes from. Let us always remember your faithfulness to us, that we might turn away from worldly temptations and cast all our cares on you. 
with the prayer of the day, sustaining God with the words of your holy scriptures, Jesus resisted all the temptations of the devil. Write your word on our hearts that we might also turn away from evil. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula. Be blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And may we find joy in your presence. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings. And we also have the children's message. Our first lesson this morning is uh, Psalm 91, and these words of promise in 9 through 12. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And our gospel text is from Matthew 4, verses 1 through 17. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Here ends the reading of the gospel. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, good morning, young neighbors. How are we doing today? Are you enjoying our warm weather in January? You know, this is really good snowman-making weather. 
Now, I want you to put your thinking caps on. I got a question for you. Have you ever been tempted to do something you knew was wrong? Have you ever heard someone say, the devil made me do it when you've done something that was wrong? Well, today we're going to talk about how Jesus was tempted by the devil and how he handled it. It'll give us some ideas how we can handle temptation too when it comes up. So here's the story. Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. He went into the desert where he didn't eat for 40 days. Wow, now that would be tough. That's when the devil came to tempt Jesus. He asked Jesus to turn a stone into bread. You know, think about how hungry he must have been. Jesus said, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Well, then the devil took Jesus to the top of the highest church steeple. The devil said, jump off. The angels will save you. You won't get hurt. Well, again, Jesus said to him, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Well, then he came up with another temptation. The devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and said, I will give you all the riches of all the kingdom if you will bow down and worship me. Well, Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus didn't bite on that one either. The devil went away and the angels took care of Jesus. So what does this mean for us? You know, temptation is pretty powerful. How do we defend ourselves when the devil tempts us? We do what Jesus did. We call upon our learnings from the Bible. God is way more powerful than the devil. Call on God and Jesus to help you. When temptation to do something that you know is wrong comes up, just stop, pray, ask for help from God and Jesus. You know, just remember what we were taught from the Bible, you know, our parents, Sunday school teachers, and a lot of other good people we know. Jesus quoted scripture to the devil, but you don't have to know scripture exactly, but it does help if you stop and think before you act. You know, it's, it's uh, always hard to beat temptation, and are we going to always beat it? No, you know, we're, we're, we're not. But remembering what we were taught gives us a chance to tell the devil, no. Just like Jesus said. Now, how cool is that? We get to do what Jesus did to help us. Here's an answer to make things a little bit easier. Do you remember what WWJD stands for? Yeah, it stands for what would Jesus do? So just think about that before we do something that we know is wrong. Okay, kids, let's bow our heads and fold our hands for a short prayer. Dear God and Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for showing us how to fight temptation. Please help us to remember WWJD. What would Jesus do when we are tempted? Thank you for loving us. Help me to share your love with others that don't know you yet, you yet. In your holy name we pray, amen. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things.
Lord, we want to see you. That was one thing John the Baptist, uh, as we studied last week, and again in a lot of texts today, it's back to that. And I'd like to just review a little bit with John the Baptist about what was so important to him. As we were talking with a couple other pastors this last Wednesday, as they were preparing for their sermon, one brought up a story or a, a a sermon that was given by uh, Rolf Jacobson, a professor from Luther Seminary. He had shown a picture uh, in over in Europe where it was a big crucifixion scene. And uh, you see Jesus there on the cross. And then down in the little corner, there's a small figure of John the Baptist pointing to Jesus. What a neat visual. And then we hear the words from John the Baptist, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, sometimes we don't understand that so much. We think of a lamb, and that's, that's there. But we forget the Jewish understood that very much as they dealt with sacrifice 
all the time in the sacrifice of a lamb without blemish to take away their sins. So as we read the Old Testament, we see that they're always pointing to the Lamb of God that would take away all their sins. As we understand it now today, it's taking away the sins once and for all. We don't have to keep sacrificing over and over again. So the Jewish people and listeners understood what John was saying when he said, Behold the Lamb of God. There was another picture behind that. And then there was the second part of that phrase, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Not just for Jewish people, but for the world. For the world to receive it. Those, that forgiveness of sins. So for us, as we, we think of our ministry in our lives today, one of the things if we follow John the Baptist is we point to Jesus. I often remember younger hearing testimonies of people who would talk 45 minutes about their bad past and about how they changed and everything and say one or two words about Jesus and that was it. We need to understand, no, we don't need to point to ourselves, we point to Jesus, the one who has taken us and loved us and forgiven us our sins. And then too, we understand a little bit more of who Jesus is because of the Jews of the Old Testament talking about the sacrificial giving. The cost of evil in our world is great, and God took it on his shoulders. Jesus took it on his shoulders and put it on a cross, and it is taken care of. But it would help us understand more if we took more time to understand the Jewish tradition and faith of the Old Testament as it pointed towards this Jesus. And thirdly, I hope this would broaden our vision and our mission today that we wouldn't just look at our church our denomination our particular brand of christendom called lutheran but that we would broaden it to that he died for all the world think of that the sins of all the world we then have a broad mission field we have much to look forward to in what we can do. I don't think we're ever going to run out of work for the Christian to proclaim this wonderful message and that our eyes need to be uh, open to see and our vision needs to be broader and broader to include all the people that Jesus died for. Well, that takes us to the second part of where our text is today. I'd like to read again from the narrative where uh, they talk about this text. It helps us understand the temptations because sometimes I have a hard time understanding why the temptations. I mean, Jesus is the Son of God, and yet here we see him being, how can he, if you will, how can he be tested and tempted against himself? But we see here they, they explain this that is helpful to me anyway. Jesus faced temptations that would make his work easier and less painful, but Jesus chose the harder path. This story of Jesus' temptation is one of the few that really shows how challenging it was for Jesus to be human. It can be tempting to think Jesus wasn't really tempted. He was God after all, but the fact that Jesus really did struggle with these temptations is part of what makes Jesus' incarnation accessible, to be human is to no temptation. Let's take a step back from the supernatural aspect of the story. 
The devil doesn't usually show up in horns and a pitchfork to tempt us. Temptation doesn't always come at us from outside ourselves. Often the temptation is a struggle we have within ourselves and the voice of the devil is a battle between what the mind wants and what the body wants. Jesus had fasted for 40 days. Of course he would be famished. He also knew he had the means, supernatural or otherwise, to eat at any time. But the fast was a spiritual practice he had committed to in preparation for his years of ministry. To finish his spiritual journey meant he could handle whatever. God and people would throw his way. To eat meant he might not be ready to answer God's call. By refusing to eat, he overcame temptation and prepared himself for the difficult work ahead. Next, Jesus was tempted to test God. It'd be natural to know, want to know what God has, that God has your back if you're going headfirst into such a challenging mission. But God doesn't work like that. You don't make God prove that God's got your back. The test of faith is moving forward even when you can't prove God's got you. Finally, after conquering his physical hunger and accepting his faith, Jesus was ready to handle whatever came his way. He was so ready, in fact, that he knew that his wisdom, strength, and conviction could take him far. It could probably even take him to the top of the political realm. In fact, he could probably become king and avoid all the suffering that would likely come with the kind of work God had laid out for him. But that was a temptation too, too far. Jesus knew the work God had for him, and he knew it would be difficult, painful, and thankless. Ultimately, Jesus would resist that final temptation. He would do the harder thing. Before Jesus began his ministry, he needed to face his own demons. He would be tempted like he never had before. How would he fare? We see Jesus moving forward. First of all, we see provision. Oh, how often it is that we get caught in that aspect of, do we have enough? Needing something desperately, or thinking we do. Who do we turn to? How to go, but man does not live by bread alone. These temptations do talk about the humanity of Jesus. Sometimes we have a tendency to think that he is only someone who kind of walked halfway on the earth and really didn't become totally human. But this section of scripture is trying to help us to understand, no, he was truly human and had to deal with the issues that we have to deal with. One of the fun exercises I used to use at camp was we'd ask the kids, Jesus experienced, we experienced, what would be those things and I'd ask them to do at least 20 or 30 things that Jesus experienced. And usually they kind of looked at me, are you crazy? That's too many. But then you start thinking about, did Jesus laugh? Did he cry? You might want to make a list of your own or try to get 20 or 30 things. Did he bleed? Did he suffer pain? Did he suffer joy? Did he suffer friendship? Did he suffer being alone? What were the things that Jesus experienced and what are the things that you experienced to make the humanity of Jesus more your own? And one of those things again was provision, but the second one was protection. Don't we often want to be protected? 
they wanted him, Satan wanted him to use divine powers so he wouldn't have to worry about anything that could befall him. But he had to deal with faith that God would be there, but would not use it just for the sake of using it. And then last of all, the power. Isn't that one that's maybe the most tempting? Jesus saw what was ahead. Part of the fasting, I'm sure, was hearing and dealing with the issues that he saw coming his way, the way of the cross, the suffering that would go with it, the people who would betray him, the people who would desert him. Those are some awful lonely things and hard things to think about. Power, you could hear the the inside saying, well, why don't you just go with what the people want after all? They want you to be the Messiah. They want you to be ruled. They wanted you to take over from the Romans. You can do it. But that was not God's calling for him. And so he talks about worshiping and worshiping God alone. Power has a way of corrupting. We see it so often today. But Jesus understood that true power came in service and in love for others, not in power over them. Jesus in all these temptations responds with scripture. That would be helpful for us to remember too, that as we face temptations, the scriptures are important. To put them on your heart, to make them your own, to listen to what God has to say to you, not just the easy parts and the promises and comfort that come from scripture, but the things that talk about sacrifice, love, caring, mercy, hard things, understanding that God is working in and through you. I got a close of a little story that I found the other day and many of you may have seen it on YouTube. Somebody had sent it to me and I kind of enjoyed it. And in some ways it fits this whole thing as I think of Jesus facing the way of the cross and what goes on. It's a story of a, uh, it's a storyteller, or as a storyteller, I will share the story as it was shared with me. A visiting pastor was attending a men's prayer breakfast meeting in a rural congregation. He asked one of the uh, members in attendance, an old farmer, to say grace that morning. After all, the participants sat down and were seated. The old farmer began, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The pastor opened one eye and wondered, where was this going? Then the old farmer loudly proclaimed, and Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was worried. However, without missing a beat, the old farmer prayed on, and Lord, I just don't care much for raw white flour. And just as the pastor was ready to stand and stop this ridiculous prayer, the old farmer continued, But Lord, when you mix them all together and bake them up, I do love biscuits. So Lord, when things come up we don't like, when life gets hard, when we just don't understand what you are saying to us, we just need to relax and wait till you are done mixing and probably the result will be better than biscuits. Amen.
I like that little piece. It might be an oversimplification. But as I look at the temptations, I, I think, how would Jesus? He could always hear him say, I hate fasting, the suffering, the way of the cross. It's tough. It hurts. But the Father is mixing. And without the way of the cross, there wouldn't have been the hope of resurrection. Better than what we could have hoped for, Easter came. You see, Jesus wasn't just on a mission to say he loved us. He was on a mission to bring us a way to have hope for now and for eternity. For one in which we could have much more than we had dreamed. And all the pain and all the suffering that may come in this world cannot diminish the beauty, the hope, the joy, that comes with Easter, where we again hear, I am the resurrection and the life. He talks about, I go to prepare a place for you. He talks about a heaven where his place will be with him, where there will be no more tears, no more sorrows. All the tears will be wiped away, where his presence is with us fully and completely. Much better and what we had thought. So people of God, sing your songs of praise, but look clearly and really at what's coming ahead, because we are asked to die daily to ourselves, but not just to die, but so that we can live for others, and a day will come when we will live forever. Interesting, we can talk about that with the temptations of Jesus and we see why he came, how he dealt with it, taking the harder way so that we could have the best way. Amen. My light flows on in endless song above us I catch the sweet, though far off, in the tales a new creation. No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging, since Christ is Lord.
Up to that rock I'm clinging, since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. How can I keep from singing? The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine since I am his. How can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how We continue sharing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Savior Jesus Christ hears us when we pray. We lift up the church, the world, and all in need. Jesus, teach us to obey God and recognize God's promises as you did when you resisted the temptations of the devil. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Help us to see wilderness as beautiful and sacred to you. Teach us to protect and nurture all that you have created. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We lift up all who suffer injustice, poverty, or oppression. On this weekend, when we remember Martin Luther King Jr., give us passion to continue his work for justice. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Restore to health and wholeness all who are in need of healing especially Kelsey Zamuda, Christina Burgett, Randy Goglin, Pat and Lucille Trove, Helen Erickson, Shirley Lenz, Wade, Wayne Jones, Gary Fredrickson, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Rachel Seacrest, Scott Morgan, 
Richard Roos, Arlene Johnson, Matt Crerup, Ida Martinson, Jean Hoisington, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Becky Anderson, Helen Jorgensen, Chuck Hutton, Clara Garish, Viola Haugerud, Joyce Anderson, Jill Haugerud, Marlene Olson, and any refugees at the border, give strength to all who cry out to you. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Bring your world closer together and help us celebrate those things that we have in common with others, rather than hiding behind those things that separate us. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We remember all those who have gone before us, living their faith by standing up to oppression for the sake of others. May we follow in their footsteps until we see them face to face. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Receive our prayers and hold all for whom we pray in your loving arms. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. You tend to all our needs, generous God, that we might better serve you and our neighbors. We return now these gifts you have first given us, a sign of our trust in you. Use them for the sake of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In a night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you, and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So take the bread, the body of Christ, broken for you. Take and eat. Now take the wine, the blood of Christ shed for you.
And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior strengthen and preserve you unto life everlasting. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Be not dismayed, whatever God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. No matter what may be